Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. This week, Star Trek, Picard, Et in Arcadia, Ego, Parts 1 and 2. In the year 2020, Star Trek is back, baby! Even the dead characters! Dude, spoiler. Of course, you know, why are you listening to this if you didn't watch the episodes? No. I bet people will watch half of this, then go and watch the next episode, then watch the other half. Uh, In which case, sort your life out. <laughs> uh, this is Matt. This is Luke. Welcome to our... Sci-Fi Sanctuary. Where it is time to have a bit of rapping about Picard. Um, the final two episodes. I'm stalling because I'm looking up the title because I have to look at it. Have I brought this up yet? I've got Jim and John Luke in my name. My name is Luke Jonathan James. Right. So James, Jim. Oh, okay. John Luke. There we go. I always like that. I got the Star Trek captains in my I, name. I think you did mention it, to be honest, because yeah. we were talking about the JL thing. Uh, okay. Okay. Maybe. Anyway, um, this one I, I have to look at. It's at an Arcadia Ego, parts one and two, the last two episodes of this particular trek. Um, so the, the big question is, did they land it? Yeah, but then they fucked it after they landed it. <laughs> they <laughs> landed it and fucked it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, you, I was saying we could just talk about us as, like, one episode, right? But then you were noting that they don't really seem that connected. Well, no, like, of course this is one long story, right? So every episode has been connected. Right. But these, these didn't feel any more like a two-parter than any previous pair of episodes. So they should have called episode nine, Welcome to Synthville. Yeah, hundred percent. Exactly that is what they should have called it. <laughs> That's why I said that. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I mean, there was like a cliffhanger on a second part, but they they were both separate sets of events. I did like that. Um, I, I know I watched the previews. You don't, mm. but the previews showed a bit of space battle insanity. So uh-huh. the the impression you got was there's going to be some all-out pitched battle involving maybe Starfleet and Romulans and the synths uh, from beyond, which are the Mass Effect synths in the end, I guess. Um, Yeah, (laughs) although they did twist it a little, right? Because it turned out the synths, the message was actually left for the synths to find for, um, to save the synths from organic life. Mm. Whereas in Mass Effect, the Reapers exist to do what the Romulans thought. Right. So it, it, it became... Both more and less like Mass Effect from the last time I brought Mass Effect up. So we've said a few times, I, I finished Discovery season two, you haven't. It's it's been a year. Can we can we talk spoiler on that? I mean I actually do want to watch it. Oh, okay. Go for fine go on, I don't actually I could care. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, if you if you care that if much. Is this what the angel things were turned out to be? 
the AI things that almost come through the portal look very similar to the uh, AI stuff in Discovery Season 2, which is under uh, the name Control. Right. Meaning, I mean, you know, it's the same production house, basically, so I think that was a pretty intentional little The nod. thought I had, do you think these are what found Vija? I, yes, I definitely thought about that. Yeah, right? <laughs> it makes more sense than the Borg, which is what people have speculated in the past. Mm. Because Vija didn't seem... Um, Vija seemed more advanced than the Borg ever did. Right. And the Borg wouldn't care about, like, finding a synthetic life form or whatever. Yeah. So I... I that definitely went through people's heads making this, right? And I wonder if we'll get any further reference to that. Yeah. Another connection, and uh, to be honest, I, I actually heard... When we do these, I've already heard a podcast on, like, the first of the two episodes, but not the second. I could have done, but I don't. <laughs> Sorry, I did. No, anyway, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't matter. But uh, the podcast I do, they did like one, and then they did like two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Mm. So their eight and nine one currently exists. And I will listen to it after we've. Ah, uh, okay. So I I listened to the nine, but the point being, um, when I when I saw episode nine, being part one of this thing, I did when they got to Synthville. We're gonna call it Synthville, okay? <laughs> yeah, I can't um, remember the name. <laughs> <laughs> um, their costumes. It made me think of first season Next Gen. Yeah, Like the, the porno planets. Yeah. So anyway, the point is I, I listened to the uh, podcast and they pointed out that a lot of the designs were almost um, exactly like some of the, uh, is it Bill Thies? is the last name, costume designer, who oh. did a lot of, who did the first season of Next Gen and did the original series. And that some of these costumes echoed um, some of the androids from like what are little girls made of and thing like yeah, yeah, almost yeah. exactly the same. I, I I did on my own viewing pick up the. I picked up vibes. I, I couldn't have said oh this is that costume from that designer or anything, but it did feel like stepping into you know a bit of first season next gen well, for I, me. This two parter with maybe a little bit of build up where he meets Soji and that's why he comes here could have been just episodes in a normal. TNG series, right? Yeah, do they really? <laughs> we have so much build up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could have streamlined this to a two parter. Yeah. I, I mentioned uh, last week or two weeks or whenever we did it, uh, Gambit, the two parter. Right. For me, Star Trek Picard lands about with Gambit. I like that episode quite well. It's mm -hmm. far from my favorite, but it's pretty good. Um, and with this story, that, I feel like it plays almost like the gritty reboot of that kind of two part. TNG or but mm. it's it's ten episodes. <laughs> the themes and stuff that it explored, the main one that I picked up throughout the whole series is just like you should still even your enemies you should treat like living beings with compassion, right? Which is which could be applies to the synths, applies to the Romulans. We've had it previously with Klingons, the Borg even. Yeah. The, I, I think that's the underlying theme of this season. I guess we're supposed to um look at it from a novelist perspective. Right. Because I'm sitting here trying to look at a new... Or we're trying to look at it from a two-part um, next-gen episode. But I guess the idea is... Because we get all those flashbacks of the Picard we, we know. Right. Um, we have this broken, somewhat broken Picard at the beginning. By the time he gets to Senseville, okay, he, he is now Jean-Luc Picard and makes his speeches and all of that. Yeah. So from a novelist perspective, the flashbacks show you where we're going. We have the build-up through all the bleakness. and Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like, um, you've, <clears throat> ever since you told me, I can really tell that this is a novel writer's version of the series. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this this is, could be a novel very easily. And 
it's, I mean, the last episode just aired like three or four days ago, so we have no clue how this is going to age. It might be seen as something totally fantastic in 10 years, or it might be seen as a missed opportunity. It's kind of hard to tell right now. Well, see, I mean, yeah, we can spoil it. The cop-out of this ending will seem shit if further seasons of Picard are not worth it. <laughs> if we're like, oh, season two of Picard was so good. I'm glad they didn't end it after one season, that it won't seem like such a, a waste. But I'm, I do think it was pretty shit. Yeah. I, I mean, no <laughs> Trek has really um, been good in its first season, except the original one. In fact, um, for all the... the I, I think it's got some hate on it, but Discovery has one of the better first seasons. Mm. After uh, the original series, I'd say Discovery had the best first season. It wraps up pretty well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, this is a pretty... Even, yes, the, the, the ending thing is a little weird, but it's not a bad first season. No, it's a good first But it's it, not also, an, it also... Is it a first season or is it an eighth season? <laughs> <laughs> it's different enough that I, know, I, I can't put it in the same box. Right. Um, Captain Riker showing up certainly brings it back a bit of the old box, but... <laughs> he looked... A lot fatter when you see him trying to pull off the Starfleet look that he did when he was just, like, dad-bodding it on his planet. <laughs> <laughs> like, Nepenthe Riker, it's like, oh, he's put on some weight, but, you know, of course he has. But then, like, Starfleet Riker, like, oh, buddy, you got fat. <laughs> he still looks better than the Riker in All Good Things, the final next-gen episode. Okay. Now, that might be partly because of, like, crap makeup, too, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least he looks properly lived in here. <laughs> but yeah, what did he say? He just like suddenly reignited his commission and it's basically just here. So in the end, I, I you know, um, another mustache twirling villain without a mustache would be uh, Commodore O. Mm. So it is kind of nice in the end. No, it's not that Starfleet is completely screwed up. It's that they have this... Um, relatively effective agent in a high place. Well, for that aspect of it, but then... The fact that they abandoned the Romulans in the sense was just Starfleet being fucked up. But that's fear. Yeah, <laughs> what yeah, do, yeah, which is another one of the big themes of this series. What right? do people do for fear? <laughs> Some pretty damn stupid shit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we, like, um, I think what Patrick Stewart had said was you couldn't just start a series made in the year 2020, what, 2019, with um, Utopian Federation Starfleet. Right. But it can give us a roadmap to get <clears throat> back there. Now, which I think what this show tried to do, and I was glad it did. Yeah. On a now time side note, you since since fear is keeping many people in their house, or smartness, or a combination of the two, um, are you aware that Patrick Stewart has been reading Shakespearean yes, sonnets? Yes, I've been watching them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> it's made me want to go back to writing poetry. I used to do that a lot. Yeah. I also need to write a lot of poetry because my plan is to message Elon Musk mm -hmm. and when he starts doing Mars missions being like oh you know on the moon missions they said they should have brought a poet <laughs> <laughs> I'll be your space poet there you go you must send a poet to space um, you know with, with the Apollo missions um, they I think I said this in a past one but they, they didn't send a scientist to the last mission yeah I know that's kind of screwed up well because the main job was just to fucking get there and back they needed pilots yeah true well, also yeah. Big, big risk of death. <laughs> hey, man, there's some... You know, come on. You, some you scientists want, are very cool. You want to be a Mars poet. Yeah. Martian poet. I can't write poetry. I, I used to write song lyrics, but now I outsource that. You don't write your own lyrics anymore? On purpose. 
Oh, I, no, I, I just assumed most of the stuff you do, you drew. Nope, 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 nope. I'll write you some shit if you want. I, I write, <laughs> sure. No, I write all the music, and I, uh, my, my buddy in Tokyo does the lyrics. For the most part, occasionally I have a very specific melody in mind. Okay. And um, then I will <clears throat> do it myself, because I'm perfectly capable of it, but I, I kind of like not doing it myself. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Some inter- I'm still doing the music, I'm still doing the melodies, but uh, it leaves some nice room for interpretation, maybe. Okay, well, yeah, like, wait. Await my message with the lyrics to Fuck Bus or something. I don't oh, know. right. <laughs> <laughs> I did record a song called Fuck the Power. <laughs> yeah, I know. You included it in this podcast. Yes, I did. For, I think it was for the holiday it special. It was the holiday special, yeah. Yeah, okay. I enjoy that song. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if you want to hear that, there, there's where you go. But, That's the most uh, recent album, right? Uh, it's on kind of a weird-ass collection. Because I remember, well, it was on one of the ones that wasn't in the initial batch of music you gave me. Yes. Because I tried to find it and didn't have it. Uh, okay, uh, yeah. I want to play it for May. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess we should get back to a card here. Um, I, I want, I'm still trying to focus a little bit more on the first one, but Dur- yeah, during the first one when we meet uh, the new Doctor Soon, um, I thought he was going to be evil. I thought he was going to be Law. No, nah, that didn't cross my mind to be honest. Huh. I, I took I took his word he was a Soon. I don't know, just because of the fact that he looks exactly like his dad. It was, of course, just so they could use Brent Spiner. Yeah. But would have. And looks like his great-great-grandfather, too, if you watch yeah. Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got very strong genes in that family. Yes, they do. Maybe that's why he was so good at cybernetics and, um... Hmm? Oh, I'm missing... Positronics there. Positronics. I want to use the correct word in that case. Uh, but also... Sorry, but to jump ahead slightly to the next one. That final scene with Data would have been much better had we not had any Brent Spiner up to that point. Imagine if we'd not had those dreams in the first episode, we'd not had some... We'd no idea he was going to be in it. I think... And it, we got well, that little scene. It we would have been like Han Solo and Jet... Uh, yeah, that was effective. We all knew he was in it. From, right, but imagine if we did it, is what I'm saying. Well, if they'd I, I guess been my a bit point cleverer is, about it. I guess, uh, one, they needed him just as a promotional tool. I guess. I mean, just... Did they, at, though? Yeah, I think they needed to show at least, hey, at least one next-gen person's definitely showing up, and he's showing up in the first episode. I guess. What I would have done is, I guess, not put Soong in this equation, mm. and then just had him in the first episode, and then show up in the 10th. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, well, <clears throat> again, you're talking about it from a, a marketing point of view. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm addressing it as a piece of art. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, they, they, they could have used, like... Um, old footage and stuff to have data in the first episode mm. and then yeah when we finally see him here it would have been such an emotional moment yeah especially if they then paid I, it I, off I like the <laughs> I like the trippy weird TNG episode texture of those dream sequences too much in nice the first one it. to agree with you I don't, I don't hate it I no, just no, I loved them so um, in my perfect world we simply would not have had soon yeah but, I think he was unnecessary but it was nice to see Brent Spiner and Patrick yeah, Stewart like acting toe to toe especially when you don't really know what um, Brent's character is up to yeah, yeah, yeah he went back and forth was he a good guy was he a villain quite a few times there wasn't really either he's just there yeah yeah, yeah. In the no, end. But, like which he felt like he was gonna go one way or the other and he didn't very much yeah well I guess I'll, I'll romantically serenade you now for a few moments. Are we done with episode nine? Basically. Okay.
Now you were saying, uh, did we finish with episode nine? We haven't talked about the synths much. It's kind of hard to do that without talking about episode 10. Yeah. Unless we're just getting to that bluebird of happiness in the eye. That was episode nine. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I try to remember that song. But yeah, the first episode was very... Um, we saw them as like, oh, here's this Lutopia that Soji's been looking for. And then... the Right, so the actress who plays Soji and all these... She's okay? Is she good enough to be playing, like, four different roles in this series? <laughs> I, re- I didn't buy the villain one very well. Yeah, I don't know. The contrast was enough for me. Like... Mm. She's definitely not as good at that on an acting standpoint, but it, it was a nice counterpoint, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, but it, it still works better in Narek's sister, uh, who she, does crop up again yeah, and I does feel, nothing I thought she was much. Dead. I thought she was dead already. <laughs> now she is. But now she is, yeah. <laughs> is she? Are they just going to bring her back again? <laughs> That's what my thought was. Is like she Picard's Captain Phasma? <laughs> yeah, we, yeah we, she is Captain Phasma, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> Kind of a nothing villain who keeps getting brought back and killed again. And st- but still gets more screen time than Captain Phasma too. Yeah. Oh my. I did like her after episode eight when we actually got some motivation. That because up till then she was such a stupid scenery cheering villain. But after that it's like, oh, she's just obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's not Ricardo Montalban, so she can't pull that off as no. well as some. But, <laughs> you know, she at least makes some sense. But then they still played her as a weird incest sex lady kill person that's like why <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think we're squarely in 10 now um, how how was let's let's get just like you know two dimensional geek first how was the space battle for you uh, hectic busy also yeah. I was watching it on the phone screen yeah just light <laughs> yeah I did see it on well on my I have a large laptop at least but um, you know we just finished Khan with the mm. two just fantastic minimalist space battles and this one is just more of your um, modern blockbuster things flying around. I like the, the oh, Picard's going to go up there and just buy time by faking, having lots of ships. Wish it had been set up further in advance. You know what they should have done? They should have done that with uh, the Doctor's, uh, with, with Angie's face. In, the, in the space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have made them shit their pants. That would have been very TOS. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and the swirling knife. <laughs> oh, just some Abraham Lincolns or something. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah, like a thousand Abraham Lincolns coming towards the wrong. What is happening? You know, so I think... I think. But the fact that they used the little fucking wish grunt in Gizmo or whatever it was to pull off their big save was pretty lame. It was a sonic screwdriver, I believe. Yeah, it was very sonic screwdriver. <laughs> that was more sonic screwdriver than the sonic screwdriver ever is. <laughs> but I liked the... Like I said from the start, I would have been disappointed if the conclusion was just a big action thing. And it wasn't. It was Picard doing something diplomatic and... Yeah. And it's nice Picardy. that the, the super apocalyptic battle was stopped before starting. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, yeah well, it's, it's Star Trek, right? Diplomacy is supposed to work. Yeah, out. that's how it's supposed to work. But, you know, uh, we're on TV Star Trek. Big screen Star Trek, you have that battle. Especially Sometimes. now. Sometimes. Well, especially now. Maybe not 30 years ago, but... Yeah. <laughs> but again... Well, See, I'd be more impressed if on big screen Star Trek they did stop the battle once or twice. Oh, I concur. But <laughs> um, I guess six almost does it, but they kind of give you both because yeah. you still get uh, the Christopher Plummer ship. So, so I um, six might be the one I would call my favorite. Yeah, because of it's got a more Star Trekky angle. Mm. You know, peace. Well, um, 
I'm a big old I, I, lily livered. I have a proper I have a proper soft spot for insurrection. Um, and this plays a little like that. It's it's not quite tuned to the to I guess the current pop um, vibe. <laughs> it, it did deliver on giving us Picard, so I was very glad for that. Yeah, yeah. We got him in the end, definitely. Uh, did we want him in the setting? That that is certainly up for debate, but Oh, you mean like out of Starfleet? Out of Starfleet and kind of you know gritty reboot um, sort of territory, I you know, lots of f bombs, you know, eye ripping out, all that. Didn't the eye ripping out felt so unnecessary? Yeah, but that whole episode was just the backdoor pilot for their Seven of Nine show, right? Yeah, that whole episode is completely tonally off from this series. <laughs> <laughs> but we do get his fantastic French, French accent. accent. I, love that. <laughs> I guess that that episode gets to exist for the French accent. But in this series, he's less. Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the Starship Enterprise and more the Doctor. Which Doctor? As in Doctor Who. Oh, okay. okay. He just, he's like a solo. The Doctor, just sorry. He in, solves the problem with his smarts. For, for some, for some reason, the, the... Well, there's EMH a lot of characters I could have been referring to as the Doctor in Star Trek. So yeah, the first one that came to my mind was the EMH and then Crusher. So yeah. I, I was staying in franchise. Yeah, no, no, I, I understand now that I was not very clear of what I was talking about. Yes, now that now that you say it, I'm like, okay, I, I get... Yes, yeah. he is the Doctor here, isn't he? Yeah. Because the Doctor usually stops things with a big impassioned speech, which is... And a little, clever little sci-fi trick, which yeah. is exactly what we did. <laughs> he gave a speech, he did something clever on sci-fi, and then he taught them to solve the problem on their own. How do you feel that Amanda Pill got the Make It So line? That's fine. Okay. <laughs> Again, although it still only makes sense to the audience. <laughs> yeah, how'd she know to say that? Well, I mean, he, yeah, he did it once in front of uh, people. The first make it so. People were saying, oh, it's dumb. Like, but none of the characters really reacted like, oh, that's the classic line. <laughs> it just he, sort of zoomed in on him. He would have, when they cut, what you didn't get was he was like, make it so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little, little Beavis and Butthead laugh after they cut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably. Okay. I did like you when she brought up the Picard maneuver, though. Oh yeah. So, he called it the Picard maneuver. Oh no, that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> that is just pulling your your jumpsuit. That's that's up. also what it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, it, it's pulling it down. Oh right, right. It's, 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 fixing yourself. Because they crease so much. Yeah. But no, it, within the show, it's. And the Riker maneuver straddling your chair. Yeah. yeah. He didn't, he didn't Riker maneuver in the studio. I don't think he can anymore, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like a stool. <laughs> well, it, I, apparently it, the, it came around in the first place because uh, Jonathan Craig's had a back, problem, had a back problem. Yeah, yeah so. <laughs> okay. It fits him very well that Riker mounts chairs. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we should move on to the elephant in the room, so to speak, which, of course, is the scene with Data and the sub sequent fate of Picard. Yes, so they probably built up, oh, we're working on a system to move a mind into a synthetic body or whatever. So yeah, all I, through Picard's death, you knew he wasn't dead. Yeah. And we've, no, there's a season two. Yeah. But yeah. up until that point, it was actually done really well. Mm. And if they'd had the balls to say, no, it's a one season show, he does die at the end, that would have been a fantastic ending. Yeah, yeah, that would have worked. Like, we start, Starfleet is gone, he's lost his... Picard, through his self-sacrifice, brings Starfleet back. And, hey, you know what would have been cool? One season show of Picard. Put Data in the Golem. Yeah. Season two could be Data. 
And he, he could have, like, a, finally a human body. Huh. And then you wouldn't have to worry about the fact that he's aging. And Brent Spiner would be cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> but um, also, right, when you make a show where a huge plot point is terminal illness, right? Which is a real thing that lots of people deal with. And then you ca- like cowardly, cowardishly give up on actually paying that off. Like, people... It helps people to cope with real issues, right? Mm. But the message of the show is like, oh, no, if you accept your death and die and blah, 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 then you get to live again. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and it just it has no weight. It doesn't do anything for anyone. It just uses this very real emotional problem very cheaply. Yeah, how awesome would it be if he used his position to let Data live again while he dies? That would have been... That even would have made Nemesis a better movie. Yeah, nice little twist on Nemesis. (laughs) (laughs) This show kind of already does. It did it quite well for the most part. Actually make Nemesis a better movie. Yeah, it's like me squabbling about the end of Battlestar. I think I've told you before, in my mind, I just rewrite the last 30 minutes of Battlestar a little bit differently. Yeah. Um... You could do that here, I guess, if you wanted. Uh, generally, I think the series went quite well. Yeah, I, I like to, I really like the series. I just, if it had cut there, I mean, perfect is a strong word, but I would have been, I would have had zero like major complaints. Mm. Whereas now I'm just like, ah, I felt a bit cheap and left. I left the series with a bad taste in my mouth. Well, I came in today. I said it was like it was like the Harry Potter ending, right? Right. Because Harry dies, he goes, he's Dumbledore, and he comes back with, you know, Voldemort, like, expurged from his, his soul or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, Picard doesn't have a Voldemort in him, so it's robot body. Yeah. But it didn't feel... That, but Harry Potter, that was like a, a small event within the series. Mm. But this whole series, he's been dealing with this terminal illness prognosis from, like, episode two. And, like, they've tried to get loads of emotional weight from that. And then have their cake and eat it as well. Yeah. And it, like, um, so we've just recorded an episode on Wrath of Khan, which listeners won't hear for another month. But you said Spock's death, you like, oh, this works. Because even knowing it's not permanent, the scene still works. Whereas here in Picard, watching it for the very first time, I could already tell it wasn't permanent and nothing was landing for me. Yeah. And so there's all these characters crying, saying their <laughs> goodbyes, all this emotion. And I'm just like, eh. Well, again, they, they announced season two, like, months ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe that you might want to reshoot just a touch if you do that. Yep. I mean, if... Yeah, so... I know, you know, I, I've never been in a writer's room. I, I don't really know how this all works. Because, um, like I said, uh, there is a... Uh, Michael Chabon's a novelist. He's the showrunner. But there's still a writer's room, and there's still people cracking out. Right. Telephrasing yeah, like, and working out the details. Originally, it was all signed on and made as a one-season thing. I think it probably was going to end with him dying. Yeah. So I hope a second season of Picard justifies the uh, slight taste of natto in your mouth after the end of this final episode. Yeah. It's entirely feasible that it can, right? And that crap moment hasn't ruined this season, which I think was excellent. Yeah. But it's just like, oh, it could have been. Because natto, it smells terrible, but it's supposed to be healthy for you. But aren't you only supposed to eat like a tiny amount anyway? You put it on your you rice. Just put a little bit in your rice. So you need to explain natto is what a fermented lot of ferment- soybeans. Yes, it's, it tastes like earwax. It is the worst thing I've ever eaten, and I ate fried whale sperm a couple weeks back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't feel quite that strong about natto, but uh, yeah, people eat it for breakfast in Japan on rice or not on rice, and um, it's supposed to be like hella healthy. The worst part with the whale sperm was. 
I like it's when we have the tempura. You yeah, you're in the same mill. Whale sperm? Whale sperm? Did well, I... the meal the most recent meal we had. Yeah, did I eat whale sperm? One of the tempuras was like a little fried jizz. Oh, that was but pretty good. I ate it and then I was like, oh, that's kinda of gross. Tastes like jizz. And then Rob's like, Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> and I was like, oh no I... <laughs> Matt and Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary is is the podcast where we eat whale sperm. (laughs) I've had Inago, too. Inago is the um, locust. Right. See, I've had locust, but, like, it was in, like, a comedy challenge thing. So it wasn't even... They weren't even trying to prepare it deliciously. I just ate a bunch of dried bugs. It was horrible. No, in my case... them for, like, a week. I took my family. It was, like, a kind of a countryside Japanese restaurant. We ordered whatever, and they brought it out as service. Although I wonder if they were just like fucking with me. But very possibly. Anyway, my oh, wife's getting the white guy the other. Yeah. My my daughter is like two and a half or three at the time. She's dead. She won't eat. She won't want now. But that's oh, yummy. I ate like one. Actually, it didn't taste bad. It's just it's a bug. Man, <laughs> fifty years we're all eating bugs. Yep. <laughs> Snowpiercer style. <laughs> uh, any anything else you want to get off your chest about the P card? I want to get all this jizz off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whale sperm, dude. That's not the card. Um, I mean, he did play Captain Ahab and hunt the white whale, so... Yeah. Anyway, you're, if you're finished with the card, go go get down with some of his sonnets, because that, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, check it out. You I, have the time, most likely. <laughs> uh, yeah, more than we do. We do not locked down yet. Yeah, I should explain that we are in Nagano. Um, we, this is coronavirus era. It's like 10 years from now when you're listening. Um... We're still rolling. We still have to go to work. There's no cases here. Uh, Tokyo seems like it's about to go funky, and America is already funky. I think it's a matter of time before Japan gets a proper lockdown. It's a matter of time, but... Which, I I know this is going to sound insensitive to all you guys who are living it, but I'm at that point where I'm like, please just give me three weeks of an excuse to stay in my house (laughs) and play video games. (laughs) And from my perspective, it's kind of like on the beach. Have you read On the Beach? No. Um, it's, uh, there's been a nuclear war. The northern hemisphere is filled with radiation. The survivors are in Australia, and the radiation is just creeping down. Oh. So they're all waiting to die, but they're trying to enjoy themselves beforehand. I don't think I'm going to die. I'm just saying I'm waiting for the situation to hit. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm going very hard at the gym because I might be stuck working out at home for a little while. <laughs> Radio. So, uh, yeah, we are in a bizarre, privileged bubble at this moment and tomorrow. And it's so strange because the start of this year... We were the ones who were close to it, and everyone back home was worried about us. Yeah. And now it just seems to have, for the time being at least, Japan has kind of dodged it, and it's... I think we already do... Not in Tokyo trains and stuff, but otherwise we already do quite a bit of That's one of the things people have been asking, is, oh, does Japan just naturally already do a lot of the things that other countries had to force themselves to do? People wash their hands, wear masks, avoid human contact. (laughs) (laughs) So there is that. But also the government's just got their head in their sand and it's going to happen eventually. Yeah, things got a little worse once the Olympics were cancelled, it seems. Yeah, suddenly they could admit it. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, that's that's what we're doing here. I guess every podcast has to bring it up at this point. Yeah. (laughs) So there we are. Um, I'm just waiting for the football to come back. Yeah, I guess don't hold your breath. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, you can. Anyway, you can... I hold- can hold his breath for three months. <laughs> minutes, minutes. <laughs> I try and do it when I watch films and they go underwater. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like Tom Cruise can legit hold his breath for like six minutes. Star Trek Four. Yeah. That That's a hard one to get through. Oh, okay. I mean, I not the movie, just holding your breath yeah, in yeah, underwater scene. Yeah, it's a great movie, but... <laughs> 
Yeah, that one. Oh, well, there's one that, that, yeah, there's, actually, I think I, I tried to hold my breath with a Mission Impossible at some point. And, but and no, that yeah, was, that's one of those. Oh, yeah, it was, it was Rogue Nation. Where's the one where in Morocco and the big water You thing? know, I've only seen the first three. Oh, my. It's come up a couple of times, yeah. We're, yeah, we're going to do some of those. I mean, kind of Anyway, <laughs> I had some trouble. Now, I might be able to do it now. I have better breath yeah. control. But uh, when I tried to do it last time I watched it, you know. And, I, of course, I'm sure they didn't make Tom do that. But. No, that, that's the thing. In all of these films, there's just a ridiculous scene because Tom wanted to do this mad shit. That's the charm of, Mich- of Latter-day Mission Impossible films. They're making this Top Gun sequel because Tom wanted to fly jet planes. <laughs> we well, got, yeah, you know, Fast and Furious here talking. They just want to have these insane action scenes, right? Right, right. right. Tom just wants to one. Yeah, he wants to do his stuff. I love it. <laughs> so, yeah. Being real, man. Not being synthetic like Picard is now. Yeah. At least they didn't try and do like, he now looks young. <laughs> oh, although, you know what they should have done? Got Tom Hardy in. <laughs> that crossed my mind, yeah. too. <laughs> if that rat scene, he's like, I have to leave now, Mr. Data. And it cuts. And it's everyone in the lab, and then just Tom Hardy sits up. <laughs> I would have been down with but that. But modern, outrageously buff Tom Hardy <laughs> as well. <laughs> just Picard's got, like, pecs the size of your head. <laughs> anyway, yeah, when they explained to him, like, oh, well, you know, we didn't try to make you know, you're going to live your life. I expected Picard to be like, what the fuck, people? <laughs> I, I liked it how he was like, eh, 10 years, 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> you're an old fart, dude. And then, yeah, also, we could have been living in the world where season two of Picard, he's got all of, like, the Mr. Data powers and he's doing fucking <laughs> superhero <laughs> shit. So I'm glad we didn't get that. Yeah, that, that would be a concern. Doesn't even get to do the Soji shit. Oh, well. No. <laughs> okay, well, we're signing off. We, we did it. We got through this, this show. Okay, pop quiz. What's the name of the ship in Picard? La Serena. Oh, nice. Well done. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I've been trying to remember it the whole time and I can't. And it's a cool ship. But it sounds like a Mexican restaurant. It helps. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I like Rayos. He's a cool dude. Yeah. I like Rafi. You didn't. Uh, you didn't a few weeks ago. Did I? Oh, no, I don't like her saying JL. Oh, okay. I like everything else about her. Yeah, she's good. I, I hate like that her. she calls him JL. Oh, um, oh, she's hooking up with 709. Did you catch that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I felt a bit shoehorned. I know, but... That, like, in the... Well, it's a brief enough scene that we can cut it for China. Kind of way that Hollywood <laughs> likes to do gay romance. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, this has been Matt. This has been Luke. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> so I was drinking my chocolate milk. This has been Bane. I'm Tom Hardy. I'm John Luke Picard. Smash. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's continuing mission! <laughs> Explore strange new worlds! To seek out new life and new civilizations! To boldly go where no man has gone before! <laughs>
Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You are looking fine tonight. But you know what really gets up in my crawl? It's the Shadow State and the Reptilian Cabal. Let me sing a little bit about it. It goes something like this. Big time ponies out, digital fracking. Peddling their basalts and consciousness hacking. Malicious raided indigenous land. Why for the homeless they won't lift their hand? You know it, babe, every minute, every hour. You just gotta say, fuck the power. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that's it, fuck the power. Let me hear you say it with me, fuck the power. Fuck the power! Oh, that's wonderful. Can I hear it one more time? Fuck the power. Fuck the power! I gotta sing a little more. Shadow State Elite bet on our parties. Reality frame experts are smarty. Pipeline of drugs in all of the cities. Celebrity wankers you told are so pretty. You know it, babe, every minute, every hour. You just gotta say, fuck the power. Fuck Can you sing a little bit? That's fuck the power. Oh, that's beautiful. Here we go. Mind control deceit of all the isms. Internet porn to steal all your chism. Fabricate walls so you sin with the knife. But false reality trip to steal your life. You know it, babe, every minute, every hour. You just gotta say, fuck the power. Fuck you, I won't do what you told me. But can I hear you singing again? That's fuck the power. It's like butterflies in my ears. Fuck the power. Oh yeah. Gang bankers build economics, Babylonian. Reptilian cabals against the Amazonian. GM's lives of Frankenstein. They made it a law so we can't walk around nude. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, that's Fuck the Power. Good evening and good luck.